I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, February 29th. We don't often get to say that, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So Canadian companies are pocketing an extra $2 billion today by saving big on employee compensation, thanks to, and you just alluded to it, Jay, the leap year. Salaried workers who will technically be working for free this leap day will be losing an average of $319. At least that's one perspective. If you're on a bi-weekly pay schedule, you could argue that you're still working the same amount of weeks you typically work in a year and thus not seeing any real change. Plus, by the above logic, you're actually saving a few bucks if you're a renter by getting a free day. Whatever your take on the matter, we hope your Leap Day is filled with joy, wonder, and candy from Leap Day William, which you can look up if you're more interested. <laughs> Jay, are you excited about the Leap Day? It's, it's unique. It is unique. I didn't actually think about it till I realized that the mortgage wasn't due until Friday as opposed to Thursday. I like Leap Year. I always kind of felt bad, but also in awe of the people that had their birthday on February 29th. We had a friend yeah. growing up which, you know, they were like four years old, even though uh, we were 16. It's cool. You know, you. So the leap year. So if you have your birthday on the leap year, what do you do? You just move it back or you move it forward? Oh, it depends. You want to celebrate in February or March. Yeah. I think those are the two options. That's a good, like, uh, if you're in like Texas high school football, I'm sure that's like a weird loophole that you get to use to for some age <laughs> requirement. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's different. Jay, I don't know. In terms of birthdays, I'd prefer to have a leap year birthday than I would a New Year's birthday or a Christmas, Christmas. birthday. You yeah. don't want to share it with a holiday. And at least this isn't a real holiday. It's just like a unique feature of the calendar. It's a blip for sure. But we had an extra day this week. That's kind of cool. Brett, aside from leap years and leap days today, what do we have for Peak Pals? For our first story, Alberta says no to rampant renewables. For our second story, sports cards reel in big bucks and our big picture. For our first story, what do scared birds and Alberta have in common? They both want to cool it with all these new wind turbines. Brett, why is Alberta fighting this green tech? Well, here's what's happening, Jay. So after lifting a seven-month ban on new renewable energy projects, Alberta has introduced rules restricting where future developments can set up shop in order to keep prime agricultural lands for farmers and preserve the province's pristine viewscapes. New renewable energy developments will not be able to be built on lands that are deemed to be high quality for farming or even just okay for certain specialty crops. Projects can receive an exemption from the rules only if the builders can prove that development can peacefully coexist with crops or livestock on the protected land. Now to catch you up, Alberta has been the hotspot for solar and wind developments thanks to its sunny weather and strong winds blowing across wide open spaces. In 2022, 75% of all new Canadian renewable developments were built there raising concern about land use issues. It matters because Alberta was responsible for over 92% of Canada's growth in renewable energy last year. With the province turning its back on wind turbines and solar panels, other provinces might have to pick up the slack to keep the transition to green energy afloat. Energy is one of the largest drivers of greenhouse gases in Canada, hence why the government aims to have 90% of electricity sourced from renewable energies by 2030. The big picture is that Alberta kneecapping an industry that brought it billions in investment shows just how contentious renewables are. Even as the feds push forward with renewable energy, the backlash to it will remain, as will concern about reliability and agricultural degradation. For our second story, sure, trading stocks is cool and all, but have you tried the good old sports cards? <laughs> yes. And here's what's happened. This week, an unopened case of hockey cards rumored to have more than 
two dozen rare Wayne Gretzky rookie cards sold for $5 million at auction. The splashy sale is the latest example of the growing popularity and value of the global sports trading card market. The market was valued at $44 billion USD last year and is expected to reach $100 billion in 2027. Single cards like a 1952 Mickey Mantle have fetched as much as $12.6 million, while newer cards like the 2017 Patrick Mahomes have brought in north of $4 million. Now to catch you up, the pandemic didn't just breathe life into sourdough baking and sweater knitting. It springboarded the sports card business. In 2020, a trading card was sold every two seconds on eBay, and unlike other collectibles like NFTs, trading cards have sustained the lockdown momentum. And it matters because similar to the space that fine wine and art have occupied for decades, trading cards kill two birds with one stone for sports-loving investors, diversify their portfolios while scratching the passion project itch. Trading, collecting, and holding on to valuable cards appeals to investors nostalgic about their era sports heroes, but also younger folks keen to combine their love of sports and entrepreneurial spirit. The big picture is this. Companies like Tom Brady-backed Alt and Fanatics are working to establish sports cards as a legitimate alternative asset class with platforms that protect buyers from fraud, offer secure trading, and provide real data-driven valuations for cards. And for our big picture, McConnell calls it quits. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell will step down from his position in November after nearly two decades at the helm of the U.S. Senate's top posting. The 82-year-old Republican, who has had several public health issues in recent years, has seen his influence on the party shrink in the Donald Trump era. EU ponders spending frozen Russian assets. The president of the EU commission has proposed the bloc use the profits from the 300 billion euro worth of Russian assets seized by G7 allies to buy weapons for Ukraine. The legally contentious proposal will need unanimous approval from all EU countries when it's officially presented in two weeks. Consumer debt reaches new high. Canadians' total consumer debt in the fourth quarter of last year reached a new record of $2.4 trillion, a 2.9% increase from the previous year. Around 92% of Canadian credit users have a balance to pay off, a number that has been driven up by newcomers who have taken on $3.5 billion in debt since 2022. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Have a great leap day, Peak Pals. Peak Pals.